Hello, everybody. Welcome to something that's quite interesting and quite new. In, uh, Welcome in a, to something. In a variety of ways, yeah. So we have uh, sort of a dual episode here. We have Crystal, Kyle, and friends, and we have the realignment. We have Marshall, Sager, Crystal, mm. and of course, me, Kyle Kalinsky. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so, I mean... Let's just get right to it. The big news dropped. Crystal and Sagar, you guys are no longer with the Hill. I don't think anybody saw this coming. I think because the show's going strong, the numbers are phenomenal, but all of a sudden now. So tell everybody, why'd you leave the Hill? What do you think, Crystal? Why did we leave the Hill? (laughs) I mean, honestly, the reason is really simple. And first of all, I have to say, like, we had an amazing experience at the Hill. Rising was, you know, the the work of a lifetime to get to create that show and what we got to do every day and the interaction with audit, like all of that was absolutely amazing. But at bottom, we wanted to live our values. We talk all the time about how much we believe in the new media ecosystem, how much we believe in independent media free of any sort of corporate influence. And so even though I have to admit, like I'm really nervous and it feels very uncomfortable, but in a good way, um, we wanted to step out and go independent and do a show of our own. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing with Rising. We loved it. It's amazing that they let us get away with as much as we got away with for two years. (laughs) True. At the end of the day, though, I wanted to do a better show. And uh, the way that The Hill works, the business model and all of that, it's just not engineered to our best strengths, which is that The Hill is about volume because it's all just clicks, right? And what we wanted to do is we see the rise of subscription media. We see exactly like how independent media can work with a dedicated audience. And what do we really love doing, Crystal? It's not just chasing clicks or having to cover something for the sake of simply filling a show, right? right. We want to cover whatever we think is important. Sometimes that's the housing market. Sometimes UFOs, Epstein, Bill Gates. I'm not going to lie. Of course, that stuff does really well. One of my favorite radars I ever did at Rising was about semiconductors. And I mean, I think it got like 85,000 views. And if I, if that had been all I wanted to do, or like maybe there was a week where I thought that was really important, that just would not have been like financially sustainable there. But in the new media ecosystem, it is. Whatever we think is important is financially sustainable in a subscription-based model. And so at the end of the day, just the way that things were diverging and like you could see the rise of new media, we could see that we could have total editorial control. We could be our own bosses, not have to chase, in my opinion, a dying, defunct, and not as good model for us or for the audience. It was like a total no-brainer. When the one thing is I want to pick up... uh, Kyle, you were pointing out that no one saw this coming. Actually, there was an intense group of people on Reddit. Oh, that's true. Thread right. after yeah. thread. They've Those been guys having nailed these, it. They've, had these, they've had these guests on. They're traveling. What's mm-hmm. going on? So let's just talk about the audience itself, because that's the part as a panelist that's always just shocked me. People who are this interested in this mm-hmm. message, like what about this audience is going to work so well with this new format? Yeah, I mean, I think they're already predisposed to it, right? Like they already subscribe necessarily to Glenn Greenwald or Matt Taibbi or Joe Rogan. You know, they see Tim Dillon. Yes, correct. (laughs) Yes, I forgot it. Russiagate. Uh, Basically, what I'm saying is that our our actual (laughs) audience are just the KGB. (laughs) The The key to understand, I think, for all of these people is that when this is what the corporate suits never understood, 
people weren't coming to it because it said the hill on the top. They were coming because they trusted us. And that is the thing that's the keystone of the entire new media ecosystem is that they trust us after spending, what, two years every single day in our living room or on their phone when they're driving. What you shouldn't do that, but I understand if you do. <laughs> um, if, you know, at your, at your desk and your job and you've just got your phone like sitting there, it, you build a connection with someone over a long enough period of time that we knew or at least we hope that they are going to come with us. So one of yeah. the things that I would say that's been really heartening for us <laughs> in the Biden era and rising lasted with, with Sagar and yeah. I, it was almost exactly two years Yeah, to the day and yeah. even, which is a, kind of a short period of time in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But during that short period, the show went through a number of evolutions. Um, at the beginning, it was really super just day-to-day, politics-heavy, Democratic primaries kicking off, what's going on with the Republicans and Trump and who's going to be the best, all that stuff. You know, yeah. we our first big interview that popped was with Andrew Yang. Huge. And so talking about the candidates that weren't getting attention from the legacy media, that was sort of the first phase of the show. And then once coronavirus hit, mm -hmm. there was a big adjustment that Huge. had to take place because suddenly political news just wasn't top of mind for people in the same way. And so we had to adjust to meet that. And then the Biden era, and this is the part that I've actually found really heartening, is, of course, we still cover the day-to-day -day of politics and what's going on with the infrastructure package and reconciliation yep. and what the hell happened to the public option, by the way, and where's $15 <laughs> minimum wage, and how about we get some support for the PRO Act. But some of the things that we've done in this era that have been that we've gotten the biggest response to and that the audience has seemed to find the most meaningful are talking about the massive shifts that we're all living through mm -hmm. right now, post-Trump, post-pandemic, living in, you know, the wreckage of like the neoliberal system. So when we've talked about housing, that's gotten a huge, huge response. response. When we talk about the way that billionaires just like robbed everybody blind during the pandemic, that's gotten a huge response. When we've talked about the way that people are rethinking their relationship to the workplace, that's gotten a huge response. So part of what we really want to bring into the new show, and then we should talk about specifically what we're doing, <laughs> um, part of what we want to bring into the new show is diving deeper into those issues, which maybe aren't specifically like left, right, Democrat, Republican yeah. kind of conversations. Um, and that's the part where I think also there's a, an overlap with why the subscription model works really well for that, because what we're seeing from the audience is a desire to go deeper on those topics. But that's not necessarily like the clickiest headlines that you can put on the things to ride the Google Google trends of that day. So uh, do me a favor and tell everybody yeah. about the mechanics of this new show. OK, so it's actually uh, it can tell sound complicated. First. first of all, okay, let's <laughs> unveil it. Let's unveil it. Breaking, breaking points. points. Let's put this up there. Can we put this on camera one? All right, there we go. And we'll unveil the logo. There we go. So look, it's breaking points with Crystal and Sagar. It's a cool logo, right? It's guys. a very, very cool logo. We spent a lot of time on that logo. So I hope that everybody appreciates it. It's going to be on YouTube. And if you want to consume the show for free, your viewer experience is not going to change that much. It's still going to post as clips. It will also perf many how many thousands of fan messages have we gotten will be available for free as a podcast with breaks just kind of like the audio version of watching something with uh, on youtube with breaks as well but 
If you pay $10 a month then, uh, at crystalandsager.com, then you actually get, in my opinion, a much superior viewing experience, which is that you get the full show, uncut, emailed to you every day, an hour before that it posts on YouTube. It'll be an unlisted YouTube link. You can still Chromecast it to your TV, watch it on your phone. I don't want to screw up anybody's normal viewing patterns. I know exactly how it goes. And same thing with the podcast. It'll be full to the exact audio, full-length version of the of the podcast. No ad breaks, anything like that. So if you're free, you still have to watch YouTube ads or you have to listen to Crystal and I ask you to subscribe so that you don't have to listen to us anymore. But other than that, that's the key part. And look, I just want to make it clear, like the reason that we have to do this and the reason we're committed to do this is what did I explain in the beginning? We have to make sure that the economics align with making sure that we can keep people informed the way that we want them to. And we can bring them the news that they want. Like the Washington Post and the New York Times and the and CNN and MSNBC, these people have gajillions of dollars. They can literally take a loss on their worst products for years and years and years just in order to make sure that that whatever business unit or whatever is going to support their overall mission. We do not have that luxury. Like we are putting our literally our fate fully in the hands of our audience and saying, look, we need you in order to try and in order to help us if we want to compete against these people, because I think we both passionately feel, given our backgrounds, that partisan media, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, is destroying this country very slowly and has been for a long time. And the culmination of that was a lot of what happened in 2020. And we want some sort of corrective to it. So I believe very strongly that this is the best way to get out of it. You had a couple quick things yeah. that should be hit. So you're using Supercast. Yes. And you're doing rising. How, does, how is the Q&A going to work? How, how is the, the actual mechanics of what you're doing? So Supercast actually is an awesome Q&A platform uh, yeah. where people can type in their questions and then other people who are uh, premium members can upvote and downvote like what the best questions are. So we're going to do that once a week for the people who subscribe. But I think, look, the, if I had one message, it's twofold. It's like help support us. And in exchange, we are going to give you the best viewership and listenership experience possible. You will always be our our absolute priority whenever it comes to content. One of the things we want to carry over from Rising that we sort of stumbled upon as an important innovation, I wish I could like take credit for it, mm. but honestly, it just <laughs> happened this way, is um, people really appreciated that it had high production value um, because it had that sort of mainstream feel with the graphics production and with the set and the the whole look and feel. And even Sagar and I are both sort of like, you know, we have a traditional like broadcast anchor vibe that we right. both bring from our journalism background. <laughs> Sagar is always wearing a tie. That's whatever. Right. So, you know, that wasn't that was not really an intentional choice. That was what The Hill wanted to do right. to start with. But what we found out is that people really, really liked that. And the reason that they liked it is because then they could send our clips to friends, loved ones, neighbors, et cetera, as like a, a sort of like pipeline <laughs> into a different way of thinking about mm -hmm. politics. And the fact that we have all those pieces in place to trigger in your brain like mainstream, trusted, like these are people who you should take seriously. We've got this is maybe the most consistent feedback that we get over and 100%. over again is that that's been important for people to be able to send our content to 
to others in their circle who maybe aren't YouTube people, aren't alternative right. media people, but to help them understand what their type of politics are. And one of the things I'm really proud of is we've also gotten a lot of feedback that that has sparked a lot of conversation between people who are maybe politically radically at odds, but are able to have a sort of like shared language and shared ability to to relate to this content. And that started conversations that weren't happening again. My We're favorite, gonna bring that ethos over to breaking point. My favorite fan interactions are I don't agree with you at all. Um but yeah, we get a lot of that. Yeah, I don't agree <laughs> with you at all. But and I'm like, okay. But um I love how you look mainstream, but you don't sound mainstream. Mm -hmm. Or you helped me explain my politics to my dad. Or you helped me explain my politics to my grandma. And my grandma won't watch a video of somebody, you know, random person on YouTube. But because your show looks professional, they sat and they listened. Six minutes. It's not a big commitment that somebody has to give. And we should be clear here. This is not, this is the Crystal Kyle set. It's an awesome set. We have a new set, which we will be unveiling to the first 1,000 people um, who subscribe at crystalandsager.com. It's amazing. We spent a lot of time, uh, the design, about it. making yeah. sure that it's going to remain a pod, or it's going to remain like a very mainstream looking thing. I got to design a desk, which was uh, something. You, you can ask Crystal what that sketch was like it looked like, like a four-year-old uh, drew it mm. and when i sent it over to the manufacturer he's like you sure about this he's, yeah, he's like, didn't you yeah. say something you're like this yeah. is the worst yeah, drawing like, i've ever seen this is literally the worst drawing <laughs> i've ever seen and i was like well can you build it <laughs> but it turned it out beautifully out. So. it all worked out so <laughs> there's a, a million questions i yeah. want to ask but let's just start with something that's rather basic are you scared that the YouTube algorithm is not going to treat you as kindly as it has when you were with the Hill. I mean, you were under the wing of a corporation. Yeah. And when you look at secular talk versus the Hill, yep. I could put a very similar title to a, a, you know, a title you have on the Hills channel. You guys could get 300,000 views on it like that. And I'm stuck at 65,000. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys said it. I didn't say it. You said it, that one of the reasons why you think you were successful is that early on you brought on people like me of and course, my audience absolutely. saw you guys. And then all of a sudden you guys let me by a mile and a half. So right. oh, that's weird. Yeah. So <laughs> are, are you afraid that you know, the YouTube algorithm is going to suppress you. Well, that's why we're not relying on YouTube ads, right? Like I would say, if, what if this was 2014 or something, 2013, we'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Like we, we wouldn't even had an Facebook. idea. Right, yeah. Facebook yeah. watch. Over Facebook like, watch. Yeah, guys, share us on Facebook and their new awesome Facebook watch. And then it turned out their views are total bullshit. But that's why we're going subscription. Like this is, this is the ethos of it, which is what I said. We don't want to have to chase clicks. We don't even have to rely upon an algorithm. Now, like, do I want our stuff to go viral and new people to find it yeah but that is not the ethos like of the business model and it's not like we're using the views necessarily to go out and like sell independently to advertisers and saying hey you know sponsor us so we can directly read this product or whatever into our feed like we're relying on our people in order to back us and if you have enough as you found out kyle you can be suppressed but you know suppressed 65,000 that's still a well, lot of people well yeah, yeah. Like, that's fact, a lot of people let me just like, tell a little story which yeah. it, it gets to what you're talking about uh i don't think you guys were around on youtube when the original adpocalypse hit yeah. no now the, no we were not the yeah. gist of I think that was what 2017 something like that? uh around yeah, there right. but the gist of adpocalypse was there was like some mainstream ad like a nestle ad mm -hmm. that sort of slipped through the cracks and got on a legit white supremacist <laughs> channel right. and so then every mainstream media network kicked into gear they wrote fear-mongering articles and the response from youtube was defund 
all of news and politics like that. So I went from making decent money to making zero dollars and zero cents overnight. It was terrifying. There were thoughts in my mind of I might not be able to do it. I mean, I had a fucking audience of -hmm. however many hundreds of thousands of people. I was like, I might not be able to do this. So what happened? I ended up starting a Patreon that night telling my audience and like that we made thirteen thousand dollars a there month you go. so we were able yeah. to make up the gap so exactly. it was the fact that the audience liked the product and all you need is some small dollar donations and then you can you could do whatever you want like mm-hmm. you said you could give them the product and you can guarantee the quality that you know you can do and that's what they're tuning in for so Power i mean they the really people, saved man. me and if the fact that you guys are leaving from under the wing of a corporation that also speaks to integrity in the sense that you're like, I don't want to be the corporation anymore. No, no, we really didn't. I mean, this just speaks to some of the fascinating, because we're talking about 2014, 2017. And during that period, I mean, Crystal, you, you know this, there were so many like big corporations like, hey, we need to talk to millennials. We need to, <laughs> we need to make politics cool. MSNBC yeah. is doing this with Nicole Wallace. <laughs> so at a meta level, what is it? that made this actually work. I told this to you a year ago, but I was like, dude, like you guys are actually doing what like Mike and HuffPost and Vox actually said they were trying to do, but without, let's just say the less successful editorial message. We thought about this a lot, which is that people threw about a billion dollars at what we actually did. People threw a billion dollars at Mike and many other, a lot of venture money Mm -hmm. at CNN for millennials, right? But here was the truth. What they wanted was the suits version of CNN for millennials. They didn't actually want what millennials wanted from their version of CNN, which is you got to call out a lot of people. You got to call out People actually in power. Oh, and those people in power, they buy ads on Vice. Or those people, they're owned by the corporation, which is doing a deal with Vice. Or HBO has a deal with Vice, which means you can't criticize Time Warner, who is their parent corporation. You guys get it. And so what they actually wanted was real independence, being able to call out everybody on both sides. People who are our age, I mean, I'm 29, and according to our analytics, most of the people are around like my age, a little like 10 years up, 10 years minus. Those people are like not like doctrinaire Republicans or Democrats. They're not like boomers. You're like everything they want from Fox News or MSNBC is how the other side is bad. Their, Their brain has not been like conditioned to that point. So we actually speak to the politics that they wanted. It's just that our version of politics, the suits don't love that. Well, like that doesn't exactly fit right. into Washington. Wait, there right? were lots of his- hilarious experiments <laughs> yeah. with like we're going to have a millennial correspondent oh. who was some like, you know, Pete Buttigieg type uh, <laughs> with the exact right. same politics. Better haircut. Better yeah. haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not hard to get a better haircut than <laughs> 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 the exact same politics terrible. as like whatever the mainline establishment, right. you know, corporate line was only in a younger person and so yeah i mean that just feels and also just package it packaging it as like this is for millennials <laughs> we're gonna do a segment on millennials hello now. fellow kids right. you know like that's exactly. hello, hello children. That energy for sure tell us the yeah. biggest stories on rising that blew up uh the first one was andrew yang uh, I'll be honest, and Crystal was friends with Andrew Yang, and I was like, who is this guy, Crystal? And so yeah. I was like, what's going on? And she was like, Let's, I was like, all right. And so he came on. This was way before he surged anything. He was just, he had his book, and I remember he actually signed that. I don't know where that went. I need to find that. <laughs> um, he signed this book, and I remember talking to him and be like, man, this guy is not a crank. I was like, this guy is really smart. And this is, just and, to be clear, this is pre 
Israel war crimes are awesome. Oh, yeah, the correct. Yeah. June 20, <laughs> June the original incarnation. This was, I think this was not even June 2019. This might have been earlier, whenever I was a fill-in host. So this was April, maybe, something like that. I remember interviewing him and being like, this guy is really smart. It took 10 minutes. I asked him about the YouTube algorithm. We talked about trade with China. He was talking about automation. And I was blown away. And But we the show wasn't on YouTube at that time, so we didn't realize the response. What really hit was that very first interview that we, you and I did with Yang. Right. I think, how long was it? Maybe 20 we minutes We went 20 or to 30 minutes with him. And it was the first time anybody ever took him seriously. I was like, okay, tell me, you believe this about Monopoly. Yang has some really interesting ideas around antitrust, Monopoly, and all that. I actually still quote him every time I talk about the internet, which I got very from that interview. Talking about trade with China, talking about tariffs, talking about like the wit children and screen time. And I remember thinking... This is a very serious person. And I he, right afterwards, I remember he thanked you. He just was like, thank you for taking me seriously. Well, that was that the was part. It. That was in that interview. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could remember how many views it actually got. I, but I it remember. was the first 175,000. And remember. we were like, yeah. whoa. Just to be clear, you were saying, whoa, when it hit like 5,000 is what you're of saying. Of course. Yeah, yes. not 175,000. No, 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 but point, that was look, when we the took first over, thing. Yeah. When we took over the Hill YouTube channel, it had 5,000. Correct. And they weren't posting any content. So. So rising was really starting from, and so our first stuff would get, you know, a hundred views. Right. We'd be like, whoa, we broke a hundred views. This is awesome. <laughs> so when Yang starts racking up thousands of views, the part of it that was obviously like just having something that hit was really exciting. Yeah. But the part of it that was actually the most thrilling was at that point we would read the comments and we'd read like Every, all of the comments. And I would respond to some. And they yeah. were <laughs> and they were all rookie, like rookie stuff. just so <laughs> grateful that we asked real questions. That's it. Because mm -hmm. and and it wasn't a softball interview. No. I mean, you pushed on some, I pushed them on some things. There, you know, we were getting into the policy nitty-gritty. China, if I remember. And know. they were just so happy that mm -hmm. we had asked real and substantive questions. That to me coming from the cable news world where it's on in the background, people are barely paying attention, it's all fluff, it's all just like stupid partisan talking point warfare. The fact that there was an audience that was like yes to depth mm -hmm. was actually totally thrilling to me and very much informed the way that we move the channel forward. So that yeah. was the first big thing. Real quick, biggest radar and biggest radar. Oh God, I, I, don't I think remember. I, do, I think I know what yours I, is. There are two. I know what yours is. I think is. mine I've, is the one that I did recently. Bill Gates. About okay, Bill so. Gates. You took down Bill Gates. It was about um, how he has single-handedly done more to, you know, carry water for big pharma in, in the specific context of, like, fighting against lifting IP protection on the coronavirus vaccine. And there's a, he's got a long mm -hmm. history here behind the scenes of this guy's a monopolist himself. Yeah. So he has an ideological... And a sex pest. An ideological <laughs> position with regards to patent protection that has been overwhelmingly influential in, in guiding global public health. That was, I, that was probably my biggest. Another one that would be close in the running was uh, Ryan Grimm got his hand on some leaked audio from a Biden call yes, early in his right. administration. Yeah, you got over two million on that. Yelling, yelling at with, civil rights with leaders. With civil rights yeah. leaders. Yeah. And no one covered, and that's that's a common theme, is the things that do the best are things that are really important yep. and no one's talking about. So that was another thing. This came out. Mainstream media had access to it, didn't cover it hardly at all. And he admitted all sorts of, there's a totally contemptuous attitude, um, a totally off-putting, like scolding attitude, and also basically admitted, like, I know you want me to do all these things with executive orders, and I'm not gonna. Yeah. 
Mine was Epstein. Um, not a surprise. <laughs> but uh, it's funny, though, because it, it's the same core thing, which is that nobody was covering it. And it was a legitimate story. And at the time, what had happened was the Department of Financial Services, I believe, in New York State, had fined Deutsche Bank like a lot of money for their dealings with Epstein. This is all public record. It was, you know, out there. And I just read the report and I was like, this is crazy. They're outlining some financial transactions and they solicited him. This is all, you know, sworn. That was what was crazy yeah. is they solicited him. Yeah, they, they were like, we need Epstein like, as, as a our client, client in 2013, like, like oh, after damn. he'd been convicted. And I was like, this is nuts. They have their email. They have Deutsche Bank emails talking about soliciting him. They talk about how he was a good conduit to other wealthy people. They talk about so how gross. his associates would routinely ask how much they could withdraw in cash without triggering a federal alert system, which, according to federal law and bank regulation, they were supposed to report it the moment you ask that question. If you or I walk mm-hmm. into our bank yeah. and I was like, hey, how much cash can I uh, withdraw? Even though it's technically 9999 9, How much? Say that one more time. 9999 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for my drug, my drug deals. If I <laughs> ask that, if I ask that, they should call the FBI immediately. And I mean, probably, right? That's sketchy behavior. They didn't do that. He did that twice a week, every week for like years. Oh. Withdrew like a million bucks in cash. He was wine all this money for suspected suspected human trafficking rings in Eastern Europe. And I'm like, this is insane. You turn on the TV, nothing. No CNN, no Fox News, no MSNBC, zero. Like, it's like the sun in the UK and me. And I think that was a common theme of a lot of our coverage over the years, which is that we would pick the stories which the mainstream media just didn't want to cover. Amy Robach admitting on camera that she let the Prince Andrew story go because of the mm-hmm. royal family pressured they ABC News. A royal family interview. How many so people? CN, I think CNN did one web piece about it. One. Like in their newsletter or whatever. Everybody else didn't touch it. Why? Because ABC is owned by Disney. And Disney is a huge player. And he's got the dirt space. on somebody. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> At the end of, like, CBS probably has the same story. They fired the girl yep. who they suspected of leaking the video. The poor, like, 26-year-old. Even though she was working in a different corporation, CBS fired her. That showed me how crazy, like, the interconnectedness Yeah, they got her new employer oh, to man. fire that her. Pissed me off. Well, the thing is, the right. story... So, you've got your Epstein yeah, beat. So, right. that's obviously very important. But I think the story... <laughs> Looking forward with breaking points, the story that mattered the most in terms of the viability of this model of news for me was your GameStop yeah. monologue. Because true, this was a monologue where we did a couple of realignment episodes on it. We got so many, so much incoming from people who aren't even into politics. That's right. Like that was like people like mm-hmm. random banker friends we have were like, hey, like I feel people this. People I grew up with, people in high school too. I hadn't heard from them in years. And that's yeah. and that and I think that shows the key to what news should be moving forward during the Biden era, because it has to be things that aren't just like, hey, like here's this poll of the week. Here's right. this inside baseball thing that's happening in DC. Because with with GameStop, it was like, hey, like everyone gets the sense that there's something the matter with right. the system. It's like wrong, but I don't know why. And if I watch CNBC, I'm not going to understand no. why. If I watch, actually, you're going to get the opposite. They'll argue story. for more wrongness. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. like, right. wrong. They'll be like, well, this is so unfair to yeah. these hedge funds. It's exactly. outrageous. <laughs> uh, and you would see the same thing in Bloomberg, or uh, absent a few very great journalists at Bloomberg, but the key problem that and and the key that we saw after that is i was like we're gonna be okay because what was happening is that cnn was plunging right like at new york times everybody everybody's subscriptions are down near uh, fox was 
grew by November because it wouldn't go all in on Stop the Steal. Mm-hmm. MSNBC seems dead. Rising at that time, what was that, January? It wasn't going down, but it was like relatively flat. That was the first time something went mega viral in a, in probably what? The most like dead political season of all time, mm-hmm. right? Like I think- Post-inauguration. Yeah, it was like post-inauguration <laughs> and the American Rescue Plan like wasn't quite there yet. Like we were moving into reconciliation. So it was like nothing was happening. The most important thing on TV was like a confirmation hearing. And we did that game. GameStop story and it went mega viral. I mean, I still have people contact me about it. What's fascinating about that is I realized that to Crystal's point and why we called the show Breaking Point is because there are breaking points all across American society, which the media is not covering in many cases are actively trying to cover up or are complicit in the reason why those breaking points are emerging in the first place. And so that was when we started doing monologues on semiconductor. You did housing. Housing is actually still one of your second most popular radars ever. Just about like a Wall Street bid in order to become your landlord. People feel this viscerally. If you, this happened to me. I got kicked out of my house. I had to go get one. You know, just on a, a lark. I'm like, well, how much would it cost to buy? I'm like, what? Like, what is happening? This right. is insane. I, I, you know, like, we had that story of the fixer up our house, which sold sight unseen, even though it was a dump. It sold for 400 grand or something. Un- unlivable. Wow. Cash. Could not even you live, even live Where there. Was it? Somebody paid it cash was, um, here in DC. In one wow. of the suburbs right outside of DC. All so, because people are so desperate. One thing yeah. I wanted to add to yeah. that, though, which is, I think, a key part of why we wanted to move forward with breaking points is as important as the stories that went mega viral were, some things like your semiconductor radar or another thing that, you know, that I'm really proud of that I want to do more of on breaking points is when we covered some of the labor struggles that were getting no attention. Early on, we um, interviewed coal miners who, do you guys remember the story? They literally with their bodies stopped a coal train from moving because they had been robbed of their paychecks mm-hmm. um, and they just put their, they set up camp on the train tracks to stop this train until they got just the bare minimum of what's owed to them. There's another um, actually coal miner strike down in Alabama right now that we covered as well. And we've tried to, you know, we focused in a lot on what was going on with Amazon down in Alabama, tried oh, yeah. to warn people how much the the odds were stacked. And so some of those things, they may not go mega viral, but I think in terms of understanding what's going on in our politics, what's going on in the country, what are we up against, and what are some of the movements of solidarity that could actually make progress outside of a like Democrat-Republican context, mm-hmm. that's something that I've been really proud of at Rising that I think we can do even more of at breaking points, absent that imperative of like every segment must click. Yes, exactly. So let me let me ask you guys, let me ask you actually a tough question. Okay. So the genesis of the show was populist left, populist mm-hmm. right. Do you ever feel like because that was the framing of it that like you're sort of obligated to defend mm. the a right position yeah. and you're obligated to defend a left position even if you don't necessarily believe it I, or no? Well, no, I never defended anything I didn't believe. I was reluctant to cover stuff that I didn't that conflicted with what I believe. Does that make sense? Mm, that does. Uh, yes. What have I like always what? said on the like show, what, guys? Wait, wait, come on, name it. Okay, like what was Tucker. Uh, who else? Um, Say like the Trump. Soccer yeah, is it Tucker. So, yeah, so for all my haters out there, <laughs> so you didn't want to criticize um, him. Yeah, wait, wait, dude, he's my boss. He yeah. hired me. Like, you know, was your boss? Yeah, to be clear, was my boss. Yeah, was <laughs> not is. <Scoop>. Yeah. <laughs> was my boss? The guy. He's the first person ever hired me in media. I mean, like Daily Caller, loyal person. Yes, I was nobody. And Tucker, I mean, you know, is a guy from Crossfire. That's all I knew. He sat with me like forty-five minutes 
chance to shot the shit or whatever. Like, he's always been so incredibly nice to me, but he was doing things that really, really upset me. Mm-hmm. Now, I felt uh, the true break happened for me after Trump started with Stop the Steal. And I was just like, I'm done. And it was a very, it was the most liberating thing that ever happened. And because I was like, you know what? By doing this, I am no longer a member of the professional political right. Right. And mm-hmm. I am okay with that. Right. Like, I am very okay with that. You're better, which is honestly. That, well, I hope so. <laughs> um, and what I did was, is I was, we, we struggled with this. We had to say, look, because we knew, I mean, there's a lot of MAGA people who watch the show too. And we were like, listen, guys, here's the lawsuits. Every single one. Every single one of them has been dismissed. This claim by Sidney Powell is total bullshit. Um, some people were not going to believe me that I have totally made peace with that. And this was the beauty of the show of the Genesis in the beginning, which is that if you have a mixed audience of people from across the political spectrum, you can afford to take that risk. I know, and I'm not going to name names. There are people out there who had to go along with stop the steal because they knew that their audience was there and they had no other choice. Their, their economics depended on it. They would be dead. Question for all three of you, Mm -hmm. because I'm not in the subscription media game, Patreon, um, for Christopher and Substack. and supercast how are you guys going to be honest with your audience because now the business model is your most intense fans yeah. are going to subscribe you get three to ten percent of them how are you going to hit that moment because some story is going to happen which yeah. is going to push and how do you i just want to for the whole yeah. panel how do y'all think about this yeah so you know it's interesting because i you have to understand i came up on youtube mm-hmm. and so yeah you were og youtube right yeah so in my mind the whole point from the very beginning, I never really felt like I was part of a team. Mm-hmm. I happened to kind of be part of a team early on because my ideology wasn't fully evolved and right. I was a little bit of a democratic partisan early on and like I would play defense and then play off it, you know what I mean? Right. So, but I, it's always been, I'm telling you exactly what I think. And the, the reward system, the mechanisms were in place where like, that's the thing that would grow my audience. Yes. So, so the incentives aligned properly for me from the beginning. So I actually struggled <laughs> when, when I look at other people who are not abiding by that dynamic, it didn't land for me. Like what? So you're not saying everything that you think. So, but what's fascinating is this. It really is fucking rare. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. usually everybody sort of feels like I want to be part of the thing. Yeah. And then you're like you said, people who are defending Stop the Steal who might not even believe in Stop the Steal and, you know, or people who are pushing Russiagate who you might not believe know, in Russiagate. You know they knew in their hearts. It was Chris yeah. Hayes, you're fucking smarter than that. Yes. And we all know it. Yeah. We mm-hmm. all know it. Dude. Right. And same with a lot of people on Fox who went along with Stop the Steal or a lot of people on Newsman. I know some of these. I came up with them. I know they know that they're wrong. Well, and there were, yeah. I can promise you, a lot of people in cable news who, I mean, Hillary Clinton's flaws were obvious yeah. for all. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things, you know, that I did towards the end of my tenure at MSNBC was deliver a monologue about, like, my God, please don't, this is going to be a disaster. Like, you're wildly out of touch with this moment. He's out on the board of Walmart. Your husband didn't nap. Like, all this stuff, TPP gold standard. It was not groundbreaking to say, but no one would say it. But it was on MSNBC. It was That's on, the point. No one would say it because... You took the blinders off. Yeah, and and the problem, and, and the access journalism thing comes in, and I've told this story plenty of times before, but for people who don't know it, the president of the network got a call from Hillary's camp, apparently. Oh. Oh my God. And they're like, is this public? See- is this public knowledge yet or not? I, I, yeah, I've talked okay. about this before. Right. No, I've scoops. About no this scoops today. No, yeah. I, I, didn't, no, I didn't know if it was new for everybody. I didn't yeah. know if it was like already news. Right. So, um, so anyway, I get a message from the president of the network that's like, 
We're not trying to curtail your coverage. You can say mm-hmm. whatever you want about Hillary Clinton, but you have to approve it with us Oh, first. With that is trying to curtail not, your coverage, literally. That's not, yeah, <laughs> you and, just that's and, that's and it works. Bullshit, yeah, right? and it works. And it works. look, I'm a human being. Did I think next time, I did other stuff on her, but next time around, was it like, you thought mm, twice. is this really worth it? Mm. Like, I'm going to have to go through this. It's, it's going to be under screen, all that system. stuff. Gross. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's really the way that works. So so to your question about how do you fight that, um, those normal human instincts, because that's what we're talking about is normal human. This isn't yes. like you're directly corrupt, but of course you're influenced by what people want to hear and what the incentive structure is. I actually think the subscription model helps to ameliorate that because you have more of a stable base. People mm-hmm. have bought into you. They've invested in whatever direction you're going to come in. So that's, that's one piece. And then the other piece is that that we really are very proud of having a, a very ideologically diverse audience. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's pretty rare. I don't want to say it's unique, but I, I think would it's, say it's very rare. I think it's in pretty politics, rare. It's incredibly rare. And even yeah. though like you in particular, because they didn't expect yeah. me to be on board with Stop the Steal, but even though you pissed them off, like yeah. the right wingers off with Stop the Steal, we still have right wingers who, yes. who watch and they appreciate our it. content. We have neoliberal. I mean, we trust neoliberalism every day and we have neoliberals who still My favorite watch and appreciate it. interaction is the guys on in suits who come up to me like, man, I love your show. I'm like, oh, what do you do? Like, I'm a lawyer. And I'm like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) No. But what's interesting is that, you know, and I mentioned this the other day in a different context. I think in terms of actual regular people out there, regular Americans, Mm -hmm. there are examples of populist right people who, you know, voted for Obama twice and then flipped to Trump. Of course. You know, people know this in their normal lives. People, like you've always said, you know, Union people in Kentucky who are in a union, they're left on virtually every economic question, but they're socially conservative and they're pro-gun and they're anti-abortion and they're whatever. Now, funny enough, I really don't think there's any actual representatives of the populist right in D.C. at all. Not even the poster boy who was against $15 minimum wage, Josh Hawley, right? So, but what's interesting is that people probably feel like you give a voice to that, the actual populist right, not the fake populist right. Yeah, I mean, here's the other thing too. I don't even look at myself as a spokesman for a lot of right. these people because that's when you start to go down yes. the train yeah. of, yeah. well, what I do they want me that? to what? say? Yeah. Let me tell you something. I get a lot of pushback um, from a lot of folks all all the time. Oh, well, you, you need to understand this dynamic. I'm like, oh, I do. I just don't care. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't have so Would you your, consider uh, yourself that then or no? Well, populist I don't, right? I, I, no? I would consider myself, know? I would, look, I will always believe in populist mm-hmm. politics putting right and left now post january 6 made it just me i believe i'm politically homeless like mm. i would call myself like a radical centrist or whatever like i don't know don't, like, don't do that, that, even Sager, don't do that <laughs> radical centrism. we're kicking them off the set because no, what I'm have we joking, discussed on the show you. how many times what is actual centrism it's the center right? of the country what is yeah. actual centrism like what who represents somebody in south texas i actually heard from some of these types of people um who said they played my videos to uh, shut up one of their screaming sisters because they voted for Trump who who represents somebody who is in South Texas South Texas who is third generation fully Latino pro Medicare for all anti uh, pro life pro $15 minimum wage who voted for Trump because they despise people in Washington and New York who speak down for them who who represents that person that's a lot of people millions of people they're left out of our political system i don't know what that is i mean you know you can you can describe it whatever you want the radical centrist thing has been tied tried many times maybe i'm trying to reclaim the label but this just goes to the whole point of trying to label this is just so stupid how many people believe in stop the steal 31% of americans mm-hmm. eat lightly right if you press them 
31%. The people who will go along with it just because they're socially conservative, what, like 40-something? Yeah. How many people are diehard Democratic partisans? I'm sorry. There's just not Well, quick thing people. on this. I mean, because yeah. Crystal, I'm glad yeah. you brought up the access part because, once again, we're talking about the more meta part of journalism here. Say we want about CNN – politicians, people in power, they care what they say, right? If yep, you're, if you're, if you're that Exxon person, you care, but there's a mm -hmm. story on Wall Street Journal, Wall Street yeah, Journal, CNN, et cetera. Right. So even though the business model is dying, even though no one here is subscribing to cable, that still matters. So how do you all think about your ability to impact the discourse? You too, as well, Kyle, coming from YouTube, because I think there's a danger in we got a great business model. You're making money, but no one actually cares. And yeah. I think if you get, cause dude, I get access to the real I'm email. Obviously totally. we get so much email from people saying, Hey, like elevate this. Yeah. I need this to be heard. How do you balance that thing? This is, this is actually one of the, about this a lot. yeah. And this is, this is one of the risks I think of going independent because just because we have that, like the Hill stamp, <laughs> it has given us more of a foot in both worlds than I think if we had started independent. Yeah, I don't have a foot in both worlds. And right. so, and also the fact, you know, we both come from like traditional journalism yeah. backgrounds, I mean, I et cetera, a et cetera. Correspondent. She was on MSNBC. That know? that like, helps as well. Right. And and the look and the feel of it that someone can come in your studio and there's a green mm -hmm. room and we used to have a makeup artist before COVID. She was amazing. Rhonda, I <laughs> love you. Um, you Rhonda. Yeah, you. <laughs> one of the most yeah. amazing women on the planet. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, that's one of the things that one of the goals with breaking points and keeping some of the mainstream look, it's going to be a little edgier than Rising was. It's going to be a little more casual mm -hmm. than Rising was. But one of the goals is to try to maintain some of that foot in both worlds. And, you know, in a way, that's not necessarily totally up to us. It's going to be partly a function of the way that this yeah. ecosystem evolves and whether... Um, you know, any sort of mainstream politicians realize the fact that these spaces are increasingly important and influential. Right. One quick follow-up. How is it going to be edgier? Because once again, I'm a little too deep in the Dude, DC I'm bubble. here. Oh, that alone makes it edgier. Yeah. Well, because like, <laughs> yeah. like already, I'm like, I'm like, rising was already crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like, right, like, what does edgier mean? Like, that's, I think that's amazing. Um, so I think for one thing, just in the format of the show, and you guys will see this when you see the first episode of the show, like Rising was very much based on a sort of cable news That's format. Right. We should explain that, like blocks. Yeah, and so how it was like, all here's all the yeah, blocks. Right. 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 It's right. soldless, ladies and gentlemen. It is very soulless. after this, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, I mean, part I, I of that, like, that comes from that's the way that I came up. So that's still a little bit of a comfort zone for me. This is going to be a little more conversational, yes. a little bit less of that, like, here I am yeah. as an anchor woman. You're dropping you know? all the bullshit. That's the bottom yeah. line. You're dropping we, all the unnecessary formatting. But, yeah. we, but also, some of it is key, though. That's yeah. what I want to make sure. Like, the production value is key. It's up, right. The production yeah. value, the camera, right. Like, we have multi-cam system here. We have a switcher. We have, you know, mm. so TriCaster. Like, all these things do matter. So it's not that that stuff doesn't matter. But do, do people really need it more rising for you after, after this? this. I hated saying that so much. Um, or like these these like pre-written introductions, which were long, and they would include videos. The thing that drove me the most crazy is when we would have to play videos back to someone, like have them react mm. to a video of themselves. I'm like, this is not natural, yeah. right? Like, and it's because maybe it's going young, but like 
you know, I was, before I got on Rogan, you know, many years ago, I used to listen to Joe Rogan. That is my meat. Like, I much prefer that format. I've been listening to these guys for years. Sam Harris and all these other people, like the way uh, that they interview. That is what I prefer. And so what we always wanted was to split the difference of rising and that. This is going to be, I would say, in that format, three-fourths traditional, one-fourth, like, maybe a little bit more uh, Mm -hmm. non-traditional. This will be a true split the difference. Yeah, well, I mean, and also, so you yeah. just you let's get the big thing out of the way. You don't have a boss anymore. Oh, yeah. Actually, I want to I want to no go more back boss. to the I want to go back to the access question um, because this is very important, guys. When we're actually independent, we don't have to worry about. For, for example, sometimes I would talk shit about an ex-politician, an ex-politician would call the Hill and say, "How dare so and so say this?" Now I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm not going to name any names because I explicitly agree. Talk. <laughs> you know what my que- you know what my follow-up yeah, question was. <laughs> People very high up in Congress would throw shit fits about the things that I would say, and they know exactly who to call. They never call you. They always call your boss's mm-hmm. boss's boss, and they're gonna lightly threaten and say we're not going to do an interview with your correspondent anymore you think that we're going to and look I, in a way, I don't blame him. I That's do. the Hill's job. I blame right? him. The <laughs> Hill's you. job yeah. is to crawl the Hill and to go and to, you know, talk to politicians and get quotes and do the Washington story of the day. But I can't in good conscience say that I didn't have to at least think about it and, whenever I criticize and somebody. I also would say yeah. on the other end of that, you know, we've had some fairly radical people on, oh, yeah. on yeah. Rising. And I think we would be able to do that more right. with more funky boys academic there were def- yeah exactly I'm 100% thinking of Irvy who we love yeah I love that guy we've I mean oh. there have been every time we have him on we have to hold our breath a little bit that he's not gonna say something that's gonna <laughs> that the hill is just to. gonna be totally like not okay not with not what we signed up for <laughs> we, and we don't wanna have to even have those thoughts in think our head yeah. right because we are human beings and exactly. we are all subject to the incentive structures and pressures and so maybe not you because you seem to be like no, it's you a, seem to be separate in part. You got the incentive structure lined up. It's not on the mutual incentive structure lined up. Your incentive structure lined up for you, but you every, anyone any normal human feels this whenever they have that. And so when you have a boss and you have somebody who's calling somebody, oh, I'll give you another example, which was TikTok, which is that I did a whole expose on the Washington slime who are all going and working as lobbyists for TikTok, and those people are very well paid and very well connected mm-hmm. and they threw a shit fit and accused me of uh, uh, spawning death threats and all what? these other things oh before God. them yeah uh, I don't even screw think I you knew that. by the way um <laughs> and yes and they you think they called me nope went all the way up to the bottom how dare he this wow. this and this and look to be fair they had my back but that was basically like a Chinese lobbying effort in order to shut me up. It's in the back of my head. Also, at the time, I remember I was not very happy about this. I could finally speak out about it. The Hill was taking advertising dollars from Huawei, which I was also not happy about. So I know they're taking Chinese telecom money. I'm like, if you know what the TikTok real move would have been? Buy some ad space on the Hill, right? Mm. What the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I just want to take an opportunity because I think you're saying you're giving like an anti-pitch you're saying yeah. like hey like politicians people in power you don't want to engage but here's the thing i 
think people should engage with you. No, no, because like, we cause, cause, so, like yeah. so, so let's say, let's, let's let you yeah. give a pitch though, right. because there's a real audience of real people who are into this. Like, how many people are hating you up and saying, hey, Sawyer, could you get me on Rogan? I have a politician book that he so would hate, but like, yeah. let's do it. Like, that's a hint to everyone. It's probably not going to work out. But if like, you listen to this, why stop sh- asking me. Why <laughs> should uh, traditional politicians engage with this new format as it's becoming clear that the people that they need are not there? Andrew Yang may become mayor of New York despite all the debates we could have about what's happening right now because he resonated with these yes. real audiences. That's so what is what is the what you is just, the pitch? You just made the yeah, pitch. You just made I the mean, pitch. that's it right yeah. there. Look at Trump. Trump brought out people who hadn't voted in 30 years in order to come to the polls. That's he went on Alex now. Jones' show. I that's forgot right, about that. And you know what? You know what? <laughs> that was probably Alex the right Jones. move. That's like, so funny. And, and for, for all of these people. I hear great things about you, right. wonderful man. I'm not, I'm not necessarily <laughs> talking about a primary, but if you want to reach young people who actually trust Crystal and I in order to deliver them the news, then you need to come here. You can think that they don't vote. They just voted at the highest level in modern American history in the 2020 election. And if you want in order to look good on Twitter, which these people are so venal, like they're so, they have so much vanity that like, if they had people like tweeting about them in a nice way, they'd be yeah. so, so well, happy. Tell, tell your story about Ro Khanna and how yeah. he says that like he goes on cable news. And oh gets yeah. Yeah. So, zero so, interaction. Right, yeah. Zero. Ro Khanna said right. that he would go on MSNBC, CNN, all these different uh, big news shows and he would get zero engagement after that. And every time he went on a, a lefty YouTube show, his Twitter would light up yeah, man. with people. Yeah, I, I, so there's a real that, audience versus a fake audience. I heard that from people, all the time, panelists who were like, dude, what have you guys built over here? You're like, I do a show on MSNBC and nobody gives a shit. Um, I go on your show, I get like 90 Instagram followers yeah. and people get mad well, you about know, what you say. It's and meritocracy like, versus anti-meritocracy right. in a way because they have to give you the platform in mainstream media. They have to decide, we're gonna let yes. we're the gatekeepers and we're gonna let you in. But like, they don't have good judgment. What the fuck do they know? Right. So what it really is in new media and independent media is it's a real free market. It's a real meritocracy. Can you rise to the top of that? There's also a true intentionality. Something I really realized very early on is, okay, you may get a little bit less viewers. In the beginning, we were getting less viewers than people who were on cable. But they were with us. They're locked in. They yeah. intentionally mm-hmm. chose yep. to watch your listening. video. They yeah. put your headphones in. Uh, people have sent me uh, photos of people watching us on the subway. Yeah, like it's people who it's downloaded yeah. that video are sitting there watching us. Right. They're inter- what do you do when you watch cable? It's on in the background. It's on at, at a dentist's office. Or a salon. Or an airport. Right. Even at home. When yeah. my parents watch cable, they're not watching. Yeah. They're like cooking, doing what something What does Brian Stelter have to say? Or right. like, if they see a segment, <laughs> if they see a headline, which uh, then you click the volume. right? But it's not an intentional experience. YouTube is highly intentional, and that relationship is where two years ago, this was nothing. We couldn't have the ability to go independent. We had no yeah. audience. Now, people come up to us on the street. Some guy left a, a note in my mailbox saying yeah. thank you, you know, recently. I got like, Mr. Kalinsky in the yeah, street, which Mr. is always yeah, adorable. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, you've made so much to me. Can you, you know, can we talk on the phone or something and all of that? That that just, that doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it's a true connection there that you have with very people. very few. I mean, probably, uh, we've been thinking about this, probably the only two cable news hosts that have a real following That's right. are yeah. Maddow and Tucker. The Those ones. are the only yeah. two, I and think. And they're A-plus in terms who, of pure yeah. talent. Oh, and amazing, right. amazing content, both of them. That's right. obviously a joke, guys. Um, Regardless of how you feel about it, yeah. are, you, you watch these people. They, they are very good at giving their people exactly what they right. yeah, Russiagate and right. culture war yeah. shit. Right. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, this was the big thing that I noticed coming from cable news is like, holy shit, people actually are listening. And you can make a nuanced argument and they follow 
follow it. And in fact, sometimes they notice too many things. They'll notice yeah. like, yeah, no, they your want mug you to... was turned a different way or yeah, like, yes. you know, what was up with your earrings or, or they whatever. they want you to have more nuance, but give I, me another layer of nuance. But I love all of that. And so back to your question, Marshall, about like, what is the pitch? I mean, that in level of intimate engagement mm-hmm. with an audience is... I mean, you can't, you can't find, you can't beat that. You can't get that anywhere else. Chuck Rocha would talk about oh, like, yeah. you know, we would have Bernie him on campaign. all the time to update us on the Bernie campaign and their efforts at Latino outreach in particular. And he would call me and be like, I'm at this rally and everyone, like, mm-hmm. they all know who I am. Like, we saw you on Rise and we saw you on Rising. It, it, he's done cable news for literally yeah. decades. Yeah. And this has not happened before, but you get that like direct connect with someone in a way that just is not the case in a lot of other formats. But let's also be clear. Now you need the support of the people. Now you need yeah, we do. people to sign up, people yes. to watch the we show. We are putting our faith in the people very much. We had to. I, at the end of the day, that's the best model. It always will be. Um, and look, I, I'm not saying we're ruling out advertising or whatever, but like we need to see how much we can do this. Just subscri- just to purely support it. Said, it's the base. Yeah. So, right? so, yeah. If you have the base, then you can have a different But let's be clear. So yeah. you'll, but you'll never, ever read an ad. Right? I don't know. Look, don't make that commitment. Look, I don't want to make that What if it's for liquid death, which I really love? Liquid, 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 liquid death. Just so you know, that's seltzer. Death. That's yeah. seltzer. Liquid so death. he's trying to steal my beat, which that's is the true. seltzer beat. I'm yeah. the seltzer man. I've got seltzer in here. I've got seltzer in That's a fair critique. Right. It is. I'm not going to rule it out, but from the very beginning, I want to build this. I want this to be as supported by subscribers as humanly possible. How about this? How about this? You'll never. Unless you believe in the product, yeah, you'll never sell. That's that's my favorite. By the way, that's already. By the way, by the way, that's not a given. You have no idea. The majority of people will sell shit they don't use or believe in, which drives me fucking crazy. This is the best. This is the best uh, ad story because people try to use it as a dunk, and you couldn't say no. I don't agree with this. Remember when like the Cokes like sponsored the Hill? People would be like, "Well, Mr. Popular Sogger, what do you say to this?" By the way, I didn't know that, and now you're both kicked out. Which is that's what I wanted to say, and I wanted to say fuck you to them for a long time. Because they've been going around talk, around town talking shit, and they don't think that well, I don't hear about it. I but. that actually was a real <laughs> yeah. problem though, that because sucked. they yeah. took. Um, there was also uh, the American Petroleum Institute. <gasps> they gave money yeah. to the Hill, oh, and yeah. I saw yeah. someone you know randomly on my Twitter feed who was like, "Oh, I see now that like since the Hill took money from API, Crystal hasn't covered what's going on with Stephen Donziger." Well, we had Donziger book for that week. We were covering right. the story, but I hate that there's what was the even. Story? Um, he's Steven Zonger, the Chevron lawyer. Okay. We, we yeah, I mean, they've right. had him on house arrest. It was horrible. It's insane, right. insane story. You'd right. be really interested in it. Um, and total like kangaroo court. This guy who is the, all he's accused of is a misdemeanor, which he didn't even uh, commit, has been on house arrest for over two years because Chevron is mad at him that he won a settlement against them in South America. So important story. But the fact I didn't even know that there was money with API involved at the Hill and the fact that there's a a, what is a legitimate question in people's minds over whether that's impacting our coverage. I absolutely hate. So that's something that I am very glad to be done with. And on the the positive, you know, the 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 sort of like prospective pitch. Look, we want to be 
on the level with, you know, com- influential in a way that CNN and MSNBC and Fox News are. We want to have mm-hmm. a space where people can continue to share clips because they look mainstream but don't sound mainstream. And so that's really, you know, that's what we are relying on people to help us build. And I would be lying if I didn't say I was scared of shit. You know, like, it's no. very yeah, nervous. Like, you know, we They're had, both nervous. It's adorable. Yeah, we're very mm-hmm. nervous because, look, we had a good gig. It, it was a great gig. We loved they wanted to, us to stay. Listen, we love doing me. Rising. Deal, we love what we listen, built. Yeah. I started doing YouTube full-time yeah. in 2012, 2013. And, um, you know... It just worked. And you already, you guys are already a proven product in that even when you were at a corporation with all those negative influences, with a fucking boss, you still managed to maintain a, a degree of integrity. And so now that you're totally unchained and nobody's above you, I mean, people already love the product and now they're going to love it even more. And I, I think that there's n- no way it doesn't succeed. Even with, even if the YouTube algorithm fucks you, YouTube algorithm fucks me all the time. I'm still here, bitch. What? Yeah. So yeah. even for them, you know, it, just support them. And I guarantee you it's going to take off. Don't be nervous. Uh, it's funny because they're nervous for themselves. And I'm like, why are you fucking nervous? It's going to be fine. Well, you know, we've got bills to pay. So here's, here's the big, here's the big yeah. question then going back to something you said earlier, Crystal, you said there are basically three eras of rising Yeah. on um, the one that is just imprinted yeah. into my mind was really that you know bernie's doing really well yeah the primary you think that, 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 that is the, the the book came out what would you all say is like the story so it's no longer like the rise of populism like so because for good or for ill like that quite isn't it right now moving into june moving into july like what is like the narrative because i think the part that's resonating with people so much is just that narrative idea I mean, this is what we do with the realignment. This is what you guys are doing, Crystal Kyle. Like, what is the narrative right now? I think it's about these massive, te- just following these massive tectonic yes. shifts. Acknowledging it because people feel crazy. They're like, yeah. I can't buy a house. Why Why can't I buy a house? I don't understand. I went to the bank. I worked my ass off. I have a down payment. And some guy in BlackRock is paying cash? Why? What? How did this happen? I did what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I took out debt for when I was 19 years old in order to pay for college. And I was promised a good life. And now I don't know what to do. I feel I'm, I'm upset. I cry all the time. I can't get married. My girlfriend wants me to propose to her or my boyfriend or whatever. And I can't do that. I can't have a child because I can't afford child care. I can't have a child because I can't afford to stay home. I, I mean, I can endlessly knock off the list of things that people experience, especially in our lives, and nobody talks to them. Nobody is even like, I see you, man. That sucks. And here's exactly why it sucks. Mm -hmm. And here, maybe, is something that you could do about it. I'm not, that's maybe not, you know, sometimes we don't have the solution. It's not our job, necessarily. But we want to speak to what they feel every single day, and nobody talks to them. In the context of America, it's very counterculture to say, this is not all your fault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's very very counterculture to say, like, you... Right. You're you're struggling. You're you're in a job that you hate. You're Mm -hmm. making you're not making enough money. Like you don't feel like you have any path to a future that's just stable and that has meaning in it. And you know what? 
number one, you're not alone. And number two, it's not your fucking fault. And that, I would say, is kind of the narrative. And, and look, we tease that out in a lot of ways, just looking through the lens of whatever those store, whether it's GameStop or whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, this insane housing market right now, like all these different pieces that are going on help to stitch together that picture of, look, that's not to deny people like agency and personal responsibility, but it's actually very counterculture when you have the whole like idea of the American dream and the bootstraps and the meritocracy to expose how much of a lie, an insidious, destructive lie that really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just speaking to that, I remember we were doing a live show, I think, in New York, and I said, how many people here have student debt that they can't afford? And it was like three-fourths of the room. Three-fourths. And it was stunning, right? I mean, like, so many people. And in terms of what we get the biggest response, uh, that's why I think the housing stuff works. That's why I think a lot of the media stuff works. People know they're being lied to, or at the very least, that there are obfuscations being made, but they don't know why. They don't have the experience to tell you exactly why. And, or even in the White House press corps. Everyone knows that the coverage is different. I was a White House correspondent. I can explain it to you. And I have many. I've been like, this is how it actually works. This is what the background is work. If this were the Trump administration, here's what they have done. This is what I used to do. And here's what they do now. And here's why that's structurally, at least pretty corrupt in the way that you're going to cover at least this particular policy. People know that it's wrong about why we have troops in Afghanistan, but they can't tell you why. And it's not their fault. They should live their lives. They should be happy. Uh, Fortunately, I got bit by the political bug real early, and we take it a real responsibility on ourselves to research exactly what's happening. I mean, every minute of the show takes like 20 minutes of preparation of just like of reading and making. We picked every single topic. We wrote every single headline, even though I know some of you hated them. Remember, <laughs> our job was to get clicks. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> things will change. Our headlines are amazing. Our headlines I know. I am going to be honest. I'm proud of every single one we wrote, and we used to <laughs> laugh so hard whenever say, we write them. Like, I do think in general, right-wingers are a lot better at headlines than left-wingers. So the (laughs) fact that, I really think the fact that you had a right-wing background helps us a lot in the headline creation department. (laughs) That's a fair point. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was two left-wing headline writers. Thank you, Daily Caller. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone at the Caller. (laughs) Jeff Ingersoll, I'll shout him out. He taught me, the very first thing he taught me to do was write a headline. Very first thing. My first day as a journalist. I'll give, my rules of thumb are short, punchy. That's right. And... Something in caps. Tell the whole story. <laughs> Something in caps. Yeah. <laughs> the, the real thing is tell the whole story. Yeah, right. Say so less than 100 characters. I always characters. give it away. That's really hard. In the, in the headline, I'm just like, this is should. the thing. If you don't want to watch the video, fine, you're, but here's the thing. You're, really, you're really, really good at them, too, though. Yeah. Um, so, so. Curiosity okay. gaps don't work. Like, here's yeah. what you need to know. Yeah, it's just got to be except like, this is the thing. Except when they do. See, that's the thing. They Ooh, don't work except when they do. <laughs> For example, like, if it's a big, expansive idea, like infrastructure package, you can't explain everything you need to know. Yeah, it's not possible. But if we do a whole 19-minute segment on infrastructure, we can be like, here is everything you need to know. It's true, yeah. actually. Yeah. You have to have a feel for sometimes if it's like a big topic everybody's talking about, yeah. or if there was like a debate, yes. then people one. will want just like winners and losers, or here's facts what you need fi- to yeah. know, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like did, some, yeah, facts and fiction is another to one. To that point, one of the broad ones I did is Kyle responds to criticism. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah no, and cool. that worked. But yeah. usually you're right. Well, as a general rule of thumb, you want to give it away. You can do that. Specific. You can yeah. do that because people trust you. So once people trust you, you can get away with a ton more. But when you're trying to build an audience in the beginning, then you have to be super direct, super straightforward. Yep. This mm-hmm. is where news writing and comes. Over the top. You've, kind of, you've kind of danced around it, yeah. so let's just be direct. 
how many times a week is the show going to come out and how long are segments? Because I think this yeah. is the thing that's changing yeah. a bit. Yeah, so it's going to be three days a week. Um, tentative schedule right now is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, the segments are going to be as long as they need to be. And what I mean by that is I have no idea. If it is a monumental day in history of American politics, one segment could take an hour and 10 minutes. If it is a short story, which we just want to highlight for somebody, it can be six minutes because guess what? We don't care about hitting eight minutes. You know why we had to care about hitting eight minutes? Because then you get two ad breaks and mm. the amount amount of revenue that you get from YouTube increases. I don't give a shit anymore. It can, it can, it can truly, it can be as long as it needs to be. This is what I mean in terms of the consumer is not at the heart of most content, which is producing, which is being produced today. Cable news is not about informing you. It is about filling airtime in between breaks and keeping your eyes glued. Rush Limbaugh once admitted his job was not to inform people. It was to keep people so ginned up that they stayed throughout the ads. That's why he died worth $500 million. Now, same with YouTube. I mean, the truth is, is that YouTube, if you just make your money just on that, then you need to be all about ads. You need to be all about, I once listened to a thing about how Mr. Beast obsess, obsesses around thumbnails. I'm like, man, I don't need that Mr. Life. who? Mr. Beast. He's one of the, the like, YouTubers. He's like the most like popular one of the biggest YouTuber. YouTubers. Yeah. Totally sounds like a porn star. You should actually watch some of his videos. They're pretty good. But uh, he's, he's interesting. Actually. Yeah. Mr. Beast. Yeah. But, but my point, my main <laughs> point is I don't, I don't need that. You know, like I don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, tweak, <laughs> tweak the yeah. lighting. I'm like, no, we, we, our job is to tell people what we think is important. They have imbued us with the trust to say that we trust you to curate what you think is important for me. That's the relationship. It will be however long it needs to be. That's it. I have no idea how long. The last thing that I want to say, which I think has been really important on Rising, which I know has been really important, Kyle, for your success, and which, of course, we're going to bring to Breaking Points as well, is just like... We don't do partisan cheerleading. No. We don't do, we don't carry water for any politician, even ones that we like. Um, I mean, it's really just a commitment to, we're going to fuck things up. Of course, we're going to yes. get things wrong. We'll get things wrong. We're going to like screw things up. What a great pitch up, this is. But, I'm going to fuck it up, but support but me. Support <laughs> us anyway. No, but we're going to, we're going to do our best to be honest. Mm -hmm. And that's really the core of, of the pitch. And it's something that no one, not a soul on cable news can say to you. Tell yeah. everybody where they could find you. This is all the most right. important stuff. Yeah. For us. So yeah. crystalandsager.com. Um, when this airs, it will be, you can go ahead. It's our super cast landing page. You can hit subscribe. You can go ahead and sign up there. The moment you hit subscribe, you'll get access to the private podcast feed. I'll have your email then not in a creepy way. We'll have it. <laughs> on, we'll have your email so that we can send you uh, I know all you of the <laughs> unlisted links so that you can watch everything without ads. And look, here's the other fun part. We had, let's just explain this. We had these bullshit clauses around how we couldn't promote our own podcasts. Right. Oh. Even though, yeah. don't get me started well, on this, Sager. Yeah. We're sitting I will on, not stop. Yeah. Uh, you. But think about this. Like, these people didn't understand YouTube, which was that like YouTube is all additive, as in there were a lot of stuff that we explored on Rising I didn't necessarily have the time to do or that Crystal wasn't necessarily interested in. That's okay, because Marshall and I had the realignment. Crystal probably had some progressives that she wanted to talk to for a much longer period, debate or whatever. All good. That's why you guys have Crystal Kyle and friends. People would, it's a funnel. It's like a a, a flywheel. You find rising. Symbiotic. You like this. Then you go to that. Yeah. And they had these insane rules around like, oh, you can't promote that. I don't even know if I ever acknowledged that you and I were close. Whatever. Never. By the way, Crystal, yeah. Crystal you would always be you said, yeah, 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 Guys, have you noticed anybody <laughs> missing, have you noticed anybody missing from appearances on rising for the past however long? Well, like it's been a yeah. year. Yeah. It's, it's Kyle, crazy. Once he, Kyle and I started our podcast together, 
he became banned for insane reasons. Banned from rising, even though it would have helped them and helped helped us. us. And also, she couldn't mention our podcast, Crystal Kyle Friends, on rising. No, sometimes we we would do this thing where we'd be like, I was recently speaking with uh, this person. And it's like, like, well, where were you speaking? Somewhere else. I just had this interview. I think we had an interview with Joe Scarborough. I I really wanted to mention it. And and I couldn't do it. Why why would you interview Joe Scarborough? We have to to defend him on this. He is the most (laughs) self-aware Beltway person ever. We were like, look, Joe, like we have to ask you these questions because our audience kind of hates you. He's yeah, like, he's like, like, he goes, he goes, bring them on. Just do it. And he he's like, like oh, you hate it. me? He's like, you hate me? <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I was like, wow, man, that's money will do that to you. Uh, but smug look, prick. Joe, that's all I, I, will say. Least, I will at least give it. To, he'd actually love to talk to you. I'm serious. Like, no, I, I no wouldn't, joke. I wouldn't love to talk to him. I think so. because he's, Sorry, he's, Joe, he's it's not happening. Much more self-aware uh, than you would think, at least in a podcast I'm format. I'm just going to keep my Yes, please You guys can have him again on the real Probably this is day. why we have different this is this yeah, is actually yeah, the beauty exactly. of it we have different shows i believe I in dialogue same, except yeah. with joe scarborough <laughs> here's the deal it didn't make any sense we are all have you know we have the beauty of rising which brought people in we have different intellectual interests all good it all comes together right and yet this was never understood so that's going to be another uh, awesome part of it your guys's clips will be on the breaking point channel same with the realignment clips it'll all be like a symbiotic relationship because that's the way it should have been from the very beginning which is that like people cared about crystal and me they obviously cared about you guys your audience helped build our damn channel in the first place realignment has done very well because of rising and now you know like people People actually realize that, like, oh, it's not some like weird Chinese firewall thing in between it. I just think that the key point is collaboration in this new sphere is so important, and that this zero sum mindset of old media mm-hmm. like, how many times do we want to have somebody on, but they couldn't because their contracts said right. they're a cable mm-hmm. news commentator? They're like, oh, well, CNN doesn't want to have me on. Really? You no, know, MSNBC says I can't do it. Why? I mean, I guarantee you, no offense, but like a shit ton more people watch can our I show. Name, can, your I show. can I name a name real quick? Oh, sure. I don't even remember. The Washington I don't even Examiner? Like, oh, who, get, like, right. like the peak oh, of like, yeah, because at least the CNN and MSNBC are like, I'm like, because like, this what? was always so stupid, which is that their uh, their editorial policy was that I'm guaranteeing <laughs> that they're not going to come on anymore. But whatever. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> which is that their editorial policy was that the Washington Examiner and the Hill are competitors. Therefore, all of my friends who worked at the Washington Examiner were not allowed to come on the show as guests, even though Hill TV is totally separate from the hill it's just and it was like silly. what like and i'm like so we once led the show with a washington examiner article and i, I told my friend uh, i was like dude we literally led our show with it like in what world like how is this not just like free promotion for you which it was right like how many other people would have found out about it and he was like yeah they just won't listen man it's that zero-sum mindset is all across washington it's all just like knife fighting and like my scoop comes at the expense of your scoop or like well, that's my interview. Kind of no, no, that, that is true. Case. But I'm saying <laughs> in the interview space, they don't understand that it doesn't apply anymore, which is that my interview with so-and-so, let's say this has happened to me so many, how many times have you heard somebody maybe in a short form format and you're like, man, I need, I need to learn more about this guy. And so you start searching and you go watch a longer interview of that person. I've done that a million times. And that's exactly what we need to have in this e- new ecosystem. Not just us. It's like Glenn and Matt and so many others. It's like, there's no reason that we should be pitting, pitted against each yeah. other necessarily. That's the antithesis of how it all should be. And that's not how we all think in real life. Like 
all the the problems I have with corporate media is just fundamentally dehumanizing. All of it is dehumanizing. It's like all about competition. It's about demonizing the other side. Then you start to make money, so people get okay with it. You're like, okay, well, you know, cash is nice. Like, you know, I'm sure Chris Hayes is a nice house. Mm-hmm. Like all these other people, but in their hearts, like they know it's wrong. And the whole point is, how do you align the incentive away from having to do that? That how was, do you? Realign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can't do a sucker. This is quick because I want to yeah. put like some meat on the bones of what this could really look like. I remember when y'all did like the um, Populous Guide of the 2020 yeah. like book tour, and we did a realignment episode, and you guys just pulled a clip of it for your actual um, rising. You guys talked yeah, about I the clip. About mm-hmm. We got 300k views on that video because people said, "Hey, like." I saw this good five-minute clip of them. Let's listen to the full hour thing. thing. And once again, that's an example of everyone won. Everyone, this is However, however, there's one exception to this with the zero-sum mindset. Barry Weiss. Crystal and I, (laughs) Crystal and I are trying to defeat Barry Weiss, so go subscribe on Substack to Crystal Kyle and Friends. Yes, indeed. Is this the the rankings? Yes. If we don't get in front of her, it's really there's problems. We should not. Yeah. Yeah. That's how about that? <laughs> how about let's not do that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think the bottom line is we're very nervous. We're very, very excited. Um, we are experiencing a real sense of freedom mm-hmm. and expansiveness of what we're going to be able to do and be able to bring to you guys. And we are ultimately putting our faith in you. That's so, exactly right. Um, super excited to be partnered with Supercast. Their mm-hmm. technology, I think, is really cool. They're part of sort of, you know, making it possible for us to provide some of the services that we are. And if you go to crystalandsager.com, that's where you can sign up for all the good stuff. That's right. We'll see you guys. Uh, we are so pumped in order to get started. Uh, we've got an uh, awesome set. We, which he designed little knickknacks and tchotchkes, yeah. which we've been curating in order stuff. to put tchotchkes. Um, on the, heard that Marshall actually came up with that one. I don't know where he came. Which from. You said you're the one who said tchotchkes. It's a word. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're, 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 like you're at a conference. Anyway, they have like little things. Been yeah. scouring Etsy. Um, got some <laughs> cool stuff uh, in order to put the background. As we said, first thousand people to subscribe. We will give you guys an exclusive behind the scenes walkthrough. You can get meet the new team. You can see exactly what it's going to be like. You're going to get a lot of other content there. I cannot wait to get excited, and I also can. Cannot wait to pass some guy who works at CNN or MSNBC or whatever on the street and just be like, "What's up, dude?" Yeah, yeah we're beating you now. <laughs> well, this is the new world. I definitely wish you guys luck. I think it's going to be a massive success. Thank you. And Kyle. you know, as long as you have the people backing you, then it's all going to work out. And I think you guys have that. Appreciate so, that, man. You and got it. Thanks to both of you. Thanks, Marshall, for you know, for you guys have been a huge support, both of you. In um, the many late night phone calls, of the we were afraid, we didn't know what to do. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of emotion um, that led up to this moment, and it's been it's amazing Indeed. to finally <laughs> be sitting here. One day, the um, full story will be told. One day, I will tell that full story. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. High blood pressure. Love you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Crystalandsager.com. Crystal Kyle and friends on Substack. Realignment Realignment on YouTube. Do it all. And we will see you guys soon.